0: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Art Studio. I am your host, Dan Burke. I hope all of you are having a great day in your art studio. And I hope the art is coming out well. It is March 8th, 2016. Listen to that voice, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, health is coming back to your humble host, And let me tell you how appreciative I am of health, because once you lose it, there's no guarantee it's coming back, and man, I am appreciative. I've been exchanging a few letters back and forth, a few thoughts. You know, when you go to a museum, you see a lot of different kinds of things in that museum, and there's people, human beings, who choose what goes into that museum for you to see it they call it curating so one of the reasons I play other people's YouTube videos their audio and their podcasts and so on is I'm curating content for you my listeners Uh, I could tell you to go over and listen to something but it's not the same as me just presenting it right here right now so you can listen to it and think about it so that's why I do it I think that there's certain people who have some great ideas some great thoughts that are totally uh, worth sharing with other people and I want to share that with you guys so you too can also, you know, enjoy those thoughts and ideas and rather than sit down and paraphrase those ideas, you know, take notes on someone's talk and then regurgitate it back, I'd rather have you listen to the thing itself and make up your own mind and feelings about how you feel about it. Of course, it's not like listening to me and my dissection or my thoughts on something, but that's fine. I think that we should entertain all kinds of people's thoughts and ideas and then take away what we want and leave the rest. Now, today, I'm trying to do double duty. I am driving and talking, which, my God, that's going to be dangerous. I'm trying to do two things at once. One of the big secrets for me to get stuff done is every morning when I wake up I start to draw. That's my very first thing now I may draw for hours or just an hour but the very first thing I do every single day for years and years and years is draw. I draw later on in the day and then I draw at night usually the last thing I do at night is draw I usually have several projects working at once, so I try to do something on each one of those projects every day. I don't always succeed. Sometimes I just get in the middle of one project or one illustration or one thing and I have to stick with it, especially with a client job. Client jobs, as you know, uh, are something I take very seriously and I go at them even harder than my own personal work. One is I want them done. I don't want them hanging over my head. I don't want to be thinking about it. I don't want to be wondering or having any stress. What I do then is I usually set aside a day and just go at that client project, starting in the morning all the way till it takes to get it done. I won't work on anything else. I won't entertain other thoughts. I will just focus 100% on the client project and go, go, go at it. I try to do my very best work with client projects. I don't skimp or I don't, you know, try to do some other thing. I don't rush. I try to give it 100% of my best effort. Sometimes that makes the client project a little bit longer than I would like. There may be a couple extra hours on it that I didn't plan for. And that's just the cost of doing business because I really want to produce my best work. I produced a piece a week ago. And I have a character tied up in front of a window, a lady, you know, as the superhero comes to rescue her from the villain, who in this case is a big puppy. It's a pretty benign comic like Archie. And behind her, I put in really intricate stained glass windows just sitting behind her in the illustration. It didn't distract. It it wasn't too much. And of course, I could have just left that out. I could have thrown a bunch of lines up there really fast and been done with it. Now, why would I go through all the extra effort of drawing intricate stained glass windows in the background? Well, I felt the art needed it. And to bring it to that next level, I wanted it to have it. And even though the client probably doesn't know a a hill of beans about, you know, art, design, or any of that stuff, or really cares whether I throw some stained glass in there, I cared about it, and I wanted it to make the best I could. You know, I've had a run of bad luck, I guess you could call with clients, where I, well, just two, that's not a run. I really thought I nailed what I was doing perfectly. I mean, likeness is what I do. And the person was like, well, it really doesn't look like me. And I'm just befuddled as hell about it. So I went and found the greatest artist I know, Alan Freeman, and I brought the art to him and said, what would you fix? So Alan's opinion helped me. It really did help me. But I am not against asking for help. So the next time I come to one of these portraits, I suppose you'd call it, or whatever it is, likeness. I'm going to go back to Alan and say, Alan, take a look at this before I deliver it. Make sure you think I got it. The fact is, as we age out, and I'm aging out, that you might lose your perceptive abilities to understand what looks like things and what's don't. I mean, everything's going to be stylized to a point, but my work really rests a lot on making an accurate likeness of human beings, whether that's Captain Kirk or Leonard Nimoy or your mom, you pretty much want it to look like her if that's what you contracted me for. So style all aside, you've got to make it look like the person. And uh, I want it to look like them. So I'm not above asking for help. That's something to consider. Probably a lot of artists, that includes me, don't go out looking for help. Too prideful, too busy. But it doesn't hurt to go find someone who's a better artist and say, What do you think? Because they will tell you. And I think Alan is particularly adept and honest and not really trying to ever hurt me, trying to help, just the opposite. So I think he's a great resource for me to show work to and say, What do you think? My style has been a conscious development. I sat down years ago and said, I want to draw in this certain way, this certain style, that's what I want. And frankly, my whole life has sort of been chasing a conscious style, so to speak. I liked certain artists, I liked the way they created, like, you know, Al Cap from Little Abner, and I wanted to be able to replicate that kind of art in my work. There's a school of thought that your style will sort of come... In other words, the idea is you draw for years and years and years and then one day through all this practice and synthesis of technique one day you quote unquote have a style. I think that's true to some extent like handwriting. People have a certain style. You know, we're all writing English letters or whatever the letters are but each person has a style of handwriting. So I think that definitely is true. There is some sort of style built in there, but I think actual learning style, internalizing techniques, and willing, forcing, working yourself to become a certain kind of artist is a 100% possible. So let's say you want to become the person who can draw, you know, mountains and wildlife scenes and trees and snow and all that good stuff that you find in nature. And there's certain nature artists who you look at and go, man, I love the way that guy draws. I wish I could draw like that guy, that lady. I think that's 100% possible that with practice, you can sort of make yourself approach, emulate, or become that style. For years now, I've been madly in love with like Rip Kirby, Al Williamson, and other people who did what you and I would call photographic comics. There was a period right there through the 50s and 60s where the realistic comic strip rose up. You know, Mary Worth, Dr. Kildare, Neil Adams, where they would draw and look at photographs all the time to create the people, the scenes, and the moments in the, in the art. Now, of course, they're masters of composition, using black and, wh- black and white, you know, the whole thing. So, it's not just mindless reproduction of photographs, but in many ways, using the photographic reference is a big part of these photographic, realistic comics. Anyway, after, a year and, after years and years of cartooning, kind of trying to search to become Will Elder, the Mad Magazine artist, I sort of switched my gear from wanting to be Will Elder to wanting to be like more Al Williamson-like, uh, to more produce more photographic, realistic comics that have a different kind of feel and look to them. This was a journey for me. It took years and years to even sort of approach and then get what I was after, and I'm still searching for it right now. The good news is, all those years of practice, <laughs> doing everything else made it easier for me to attempt that transition it's it's not easy uh wasn't perfect and even today you know still something i'm working at and that's one of the things i love about art is you can constantly improve and work at as long as your health and mind are okay you can really make progress in yourself Kind of like guitar player, you know, you have one level of skill, play guitar a certain way. But if you really take, you know, music classes and work on your handwork and work on your music reading and work on your music theory, just, you know, a couple years, you become an overall much better guitar player through hard work. I think that's so 100% possible for every single person. I've known people with no talent, no skill, who play guitar well now. Because they just persevered so long. And they can really do it. You know, hard work isn't for everybody. I get that. A lot of people are like, man, why do I have to work so hard? (laughs) I understand. But in the end, if you really, really love it, I'm not sure it feels so much like hard work as it just feels like a really exciting endeavor to do all the time and something you're really interested in. So today, uh, I'm going to present a conversation uh, with a guy from YouTube called Pixels. I guess that's what he calls himself. His real name might be Mario. I don't know. I just know him by who he is on YouTube. And he discusses uh, the phenomena of style, hard work, and where all that fits in to becoming an artist. This is a theme we've discussed many times on the show and I'm sure we will discuss many times in the future. So I'm gonna curate and now present the, uh, the thoughts of Pixels on what he thinks about art style, hard work and where that all fits in in the idea of becoming an artist.
1: So I thought it would be interesting to make a video in which I address my past self and tell myself what I wish I could have told myself back then. I would say this extends as far back as, you know, 10, 12, maybe even 15 years ago, uh, when I knew what I wanted to do but not how much work I had to put in and exactly how I had to go about doing it. So, with that said, what I would say to my past self is, first and foremost, you're not working hard enough. You know all those artists you admire so much? Look at how much work they're producing and think about how much time they're putting in. Now think about how much time you're putting in. It doesn't match up, does it? How are you going to catch up if you can't even keep pace. Forget about those video games that you seem to think that you need to play and keep up with and beat this list of backlogged games for some reason. Beating a video game will mean nothing in five years from now, but the skills that you acquire for yourself in art you will have for the rest of your life and you can use those to do tons of different things. And especially forget being good at video games. Because that time will pass and those skills won't matter anymore. Creating art is something you can do for the rest of your life and never get bored. It's an endlessly transferable skill. You have an infinite amount of time to create things and only a short amount of time to create them. It's a long road to acquiring these skills that you need to make great art. So you need to get moving now, not sitting around waiting and saying, Oh, I'll do it tomorrow or the next month or. Oh, surely, even if I, if I really start trying next year, I'll be good, I'll be fine. I'll be good in the next couple of years because I'll really put in a lot of work in those next couple of years. But just try it. Put in all of your free time every day for a few weeks and feel how satisfying it is to progress at that rate. And I mean it. All of your free time. At your current pace, it's going to take you 20 years to become as good as you want to be. And I know you don't realize that now, but it's true. You think that, oh sure, at the rate that I'm progressing at now, if I project that into the future, I think I'll be where I want to be in the next 3 to 5 years. And if I'm good by the time I'm 25 or so, that's, that's just dandy. I'll just be super amazing and professional by then. But your projections are wrong. And it's not just your 2D and 3D art skills that are lacking either. I know you think you're a good game designer, but you're not. You, I know you think that you can write a story, but you can't. Everything is way harder than you think it is, and it takes at least three times longer than you think. You have a ton of learning to do, But even though I express how much work there is to be done, the speed of progression will motivate you if you put in that much work. It will become addictive. Slowing down or stopping won't be an option anymore, and you won't want to stop. If you want to make it to the top of the mountain, you need to optimize. Cut off all the time wasting fat until there's nothing left except for the things that are helping you get to the top. Surround yourself with people and make connections with people that are obsessed with getting to the top and only bring the essentials with you. Like if you were climbing a mountain, you're not going to carry a TV on your back so you can watch it halfway up the mountain. That's a heavy TV and it's going to be distracting and it's going to be cold halfway up the mountain. You're not going to want to watch TV. Don't take the TV with you. Don't watch the TV. In all of this time, It's going to go by fast, and it's going to go by regardless of whether you're busting your ass working or not. And at the end of this year, and at the end of the next, and the next, you can reflect on how much you've progressed and how satisfied you are, or you can look back and say, I wish I tried harder, and think about how good you could have been. Just do the work. You'll never get to the end of a day of hard work and regret doing it it just won't happen you will only regret not doing the work so don't make excuses you don't have excuses you have roadblocks and you can figure out how to get over those roadblocks or go around those roadblocks look at your roadblocks ask yourself why is that roadblock there why is this a problem for me and how can I remove it or get past it don't practice self helplessness Your lack of success in your crappy life is your own fault, and no one is going to help you fix it. You can't wait around for people to deal with your problems, because everyone's main concern is themselves. So get started, and don't be afraid to jump into the unknown. You learn by doing. Quitting is like a disease that gets worse the more you do it. Finish what you start, even if you only finish what you start, because you said you were going to finish it be someone who does what they say they're gonna do and not someone that people roll their eyes about when they hear, oh I'm gonna do this or I'm gonna do that you're getting better at whatever you're doing at any given moment if you're procrastinating, you're getting better at procrastinating if you're drawing, you're getting better at drawing if you're watching TV and eating chips, you're getting better at that figure out what you think you need to do to succeed write it down and just start doing those things. It's as simple as that. If you do the work, you will be successful. There is literally nothing stopping you from achieving what you want to achieve other than yourself. And don't rely on motivation to get the work done and instead rely on your willpower and the ability to do things simply because you decided that you were going to. Picture the destination, And imagine what it feels like to arrive there. What else are you going to do with your time? What better to do with your life than accomplish your goals? And what worse feeling could there be than to get to the end and wish that you had? There is nothing special about the people that have made it to the top other than they actually decided to do it and didn't quit. People that are the best are the best because they're obsessed. Allow yourself to become obsessed and be consumed by it. If this is what you decided to do with your life and this is the most important thing to you, then nothing else matters more than this anyways. I haven't made it to the top of the mountain yet, but I think I can see it and I feel confident that this is the path. Do what you love because you love it and not to please certain people. Don't be afraid of judgment. If you like something, then there's others out there that will like that same thing as you. There's billions of people, and you're not the only one that is the way that you are, even though it may feel like that sometimes. Everyone's out there putting on a facade trying to act normal, so you think everyone is just a normal person. When really there's thousands, maybe millions of people like you, that wish somebody would make the thing that they wish existed, but many people are too afraid to do that or too unmotivated. So start with something that you know you can finish and move up from there. Work within limitations and enjoy making something the best you can within those limitations. Motivation will always fluctuate and there will be times that you may even hate what you're doing. But remember that this is something you decided to do for a reason. It may seem like too much work at first, but it will become habit to the point that it doesn't feel like you're doing anything abnormal at all. Visualize your path, walk it, and let progression and success become your norm.
0: So that was Pixels discussing what he thinks about hard work, talent, style, and, you know, what it takes to become a successful artist and so on. And I think he has some really good thoughts about it. Uh, I appreciate his ideas and I thought sharing them with you would inspire, educate, edify and perhaps help you clarify some of your own thinking on where, you know, hard work versus talent, you know, comes into play in this whole thing. Uh, I I hope you enjoyed listening to it, and I enjoyed presenting it. I have to say, I feel incredibly lucky to be healthy and to be able to do my thing again. And I am working hard uh, to get my current projects done. I've got other projects on the horizon. I'm setting up for another new poster. I've had this idea for this poster now for almost a year I've wanted to create and I think I'm finally at the point where I can get down to creating it. It's going to be a monster. You guys have heard me discuss this in the past. Uh, And you know, I try to be really careful about the projects I take on. Really, really careful. I have to be sure that I really want to do it. I don't want to get a week or a day in and then quit and go, well, too much work, not enough time. I don't want that. I want the exact opposite of that. So I try to be super careful about the projects I choose for myself and this one is one of those because here's the thing, I'm not going to make a nickel off it. Hardly anyone but me is ever going to see this work so I'm really doing it for myself. And I have to be careful not to waste time doing things for myself that might not add up to very much. Now, the reason I'm taking this one on and the reason I'm okay with you know, it not being a you know, something that's going to make me famous is because I really, really feel passionate about this particular thing that I want to do. And in the doing of it will make me happy. If there's some other result, if people see it and like it or whatever, that's great. But I'm not holding my breath because it doesn't often happen. Each one of us has just a limited amount of time, energy, and days to do our projects. So I think it behooves us to be really careful about what we choose to do. As a person who has wasted years and years on projects, that I look back on and go, man, I I wish I hadn't burned so much time on that one. Uh, Again, I try to be super careful. I see projects like going out over a big ice field and that at any moment you could fall through the ice and be sucked away. So you've got to really be careful as you cross that ice field. So the world of projects is sort of like that for me. It's It's a dangerous ice field. I don't want to waste my time no, a wasting of time means different things for different people. I look at Jake Parker, the artist, and if you go a show or two back, I I have one of his conversations on here. He always has a new project in the works. He always has something new to sell people, a sketchbook, a, a, a children's book, another thing. He has a lot of stuff always in the pipeline, so to speak, and he's smart about it. He buys the books, you know, from China, or I, I believe, and then has them printed there and brought over. So he gets a cost-effectiveness on the making of his books. Now, he has to wait months and months and months for his books to come from China and get published, but he's able to produce a very high-quality book, super cost-effective, and then sell it here in, in the United States and make money. So he always has a new project to sell all the time. Hey, everybody, buy my sketchbook. Hey, everybody, buy this. And I really like how smart he is. He's really smart. He always has something that he's excited about and excited to talk about and excited to sell. He always has that. He's not like, well, I got this new project if you want to check. No, he's the opposite. He's like, hey, I got a new project. I want you to check it out. Look at my sketchbook. Look at my thing. I got this coming next year, and I got this coming in six months. He really does have an amazing pipeline of projects that seemingly, without end, just keep coming out of Jake Parker Studios' The One Man Show. Again, I really admire that. I'm like, wow, that is really cool. So I sort of, uh, you know, I produce one project after another, after another. I think we got eight books out last year. But I don't announce them or excitedly try to sell them. In fact, I do a really poor job on that compared to Jake Parker. He uh, videos and social media and, you know, you name it. That guy is out there going, hey, I got this new exciting thing. I want you to buy it. And his marketing, obviously, is very effective. The veteran of a couple hundred thousand dollar Kickstarter campaigns on sketchbooks and Other stuff he just whips up and it looks pretty effortless for him, I got to admit. So I think that's a lesson for me that I need to do a better job at once I create my projects is enthusiastically talking about them because I am enthusiastic about them and trying to get people perhaps to buy them. (laughs) You know, I guess there's nothing wrong with asking your audience to go over and buy your stuff, they just have never had much luck quote unquote, with my audience going over and buying my stuff. It doesn't seem to be our relationship and that's fine. I really am not here actually to sell stuff to people, uh, but I'm not against selling stuff because I am proud of it. It is my life's work. I like it. But, you know, it's like a goofy Mad Magazine comic. Not everybody likes Mad Magazine or goofy comics. And my expectation is that not everybody, you know, 99% of most people don't really want that. They're not interested. Now, for the enthusiastic 1% who really wants goofy, funny comics, well, then I'm serving up something they really want. But I don't think you can talk people into wanting things they don't want. You know, and I have to be honest, when I look at most of Jake Parker's projects, I have no interest in buying his sketchbooks or buying his stuff because it doesn't hold any interest for me. But as a concept, as an idea of creating and selling and creating and selling... I really admire what he does. You know, I don't, I'm not really into Missile Mouse or, or the other stuff he does. In fact, the one project, Skull Chaser, that he abandoned, I, I actually really like that one, but he hasn't touched it in years, I think, at least two or three years. And he still has a Patreon, you know, collecting 120 a month for Skull Chaser, and he doesn't pay any attention to it. And my friends, that's a success. Imagine not even touching a project for years. And it still brings in money every month. So all the way around, Jake Parker is a genius of marketing and selling and, and and production. And I think there's some lessons to be learned there from him. Anyway, thanks for letting me babble on today. Have a great day in your art studio. Keep creating, keep doing your thing, and let nothing stop you from being who you are and what you want to be. Have a great day. Bye-bye.